right, so if you have your Bibles, please go to Jonah uh, chapter 1, verse 17, and then we're going to continue into chapter 2 all the way through. But I want to I pause here uh, on, chapter, on, on chapter 1, verse 17. It says this. It says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay. Here's the problem. We've heard this story so many times, and many times we don't stop and pause and t- to just think about how, how insane that sounds. And I want, I want to recognize that because some, some of you guys, I'm like, okay, I, I can suspend my disbelief up to a certain point. Like, Pastor, I was with you until you talked about God speaking to Jonah. I get that. God spoke to Jonah. Running away from God, I get that. Jonah ran away from God. Sleeping through a storm, okay, I can get my mind past sleeping through a storm. Even Jonah being thrown overboard and then not drowning and God saving him, like, I can get to that point in my mind. But the reality is, Pastor, if you're expecting me to suspend my disbelief to the point that where a, a fish swallowed a human being and that human being was inside that fish, For three days, I have some questions. I have some questions about hydration. I have some questions about oxygen. I have some questions about digestive juices. Like, that's three days, Pastor. And so, are you expecting me to actually believe that this literally happened? And I want to tell you, if you're here and you're having trouble believing that this literally happened, I want to tell you, like, I believe it literally happened. That's, that's my personal belief. But if you're still on the fence about certain things in the scriptures, even things that we believe and that, are, that seem too much for us to wrap our mind around, I, I'll respect that. But I don't want you to miss the story. I don't want you to think that because you don't literally believe that that is true, that there is nothing here for you, okay? Because even if this, in your mind, isn't true literally, It is still true in a deeper way. And this is what I mean by that. You see, in life, your life is going to present to you, is going to present you with proverbial storms, just like Jonah. Life is going to present you moments in which you are running from God, just like Jonah. There's going to be moments in your life when you feel like you're hiding from God, just like Jonah. There's going to be moments in your life when you are reaping the consequences of you running away from God, just like Jonah, and there's going to be moments in your life where God simply stops everything in your life, and he'll put you into the proverbial three days in the belly of the whale because he wants to get your attention, just like Jonah. These are all things that even if you don't believe they are literally true, they are actually true in a deeper sense, and I don't want you to, t- to tune out just because you don't believe this story literally. And so the question that I want you to ask yourself today is this. What do you do when God stops everything in your life just to get your attention? I don't want you to miss this. You see, Jonah chapter 1 verse 17, I'm going to read that again. It says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And I'm going to read the next chapter, and the chapter is going to explain to us what happened with Jonah in these three days that he was inside the belly of the whale, or the belly of the big fish. Actually, it's not a whale, it's a big fish. We don't know exactly what type of fish it is, but it was a big fish. And so Jonah chapter 2, we're going to read all the way through it. So if you have your Bible, Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 
1. It says this, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very hearts of the sea, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains, I, to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath uh, barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought me to life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, you to, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out into dry land. It's a great story. We're going to revisit this story again. It's really interesting. There's so much in uh, it for us. And so the premise of this whole series has been this, that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life that he established before you were born into this world, and the problem is that there's this plan, and most of us miss it. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do or for us to walk in. There's this, this proverbial path that God has put before us for us to walk in this path that he has set before us. And I, I, I hate to break this news to you this morning, but it's probably not, so this path is probably not a way for you to be as happy as possible. It's not a way for you to be as prosperous as possible. It's not a way for you to have the nicest retirement as possible or to live as comfortably as possible, to be as healthy as possible, or it's very likely that this path of good works that God prepared beforehand for you to walk in, it's very possible that this is not a path toward fulfilling all of your dreams. So I hate to break that to you, but that's, that's not what this is. Walking this path is not easy. Jesus describes it in Matthew chapter 7 as the narrow road. And not many find this, this road. So we walk this road not because it is safe. We don't walk this road because it is the easiest way. We walk this road because God told us that this is the road that you and I should walk on. But there's a trick, and we talked about this last week, the the. the, the trick we were talking about last week is that many of us, we have to make a decision, right? Remember that decision? So we have to choose. We have to choose between, between obedience and safety, right? That's the problem. Like, we'd like to have both. We'd like to obey God and also be as safe as possible. But the reality is that we have to choose. Are we going to choose a life of safety or are we just going to obey God no matter what? But the trick here is that many times we think that choosing obedience seems to us like the risky choice. We're like, no, if I choose obedience, like God might send me to a foreign country where I might get killed, right? And so you're like, I'm going to choose the safest because that seems to me like it is way too risky. 
But the reality is that when you choose, when you choose safety, when you choose safety over obedience, at the end of the day, what happens is you're, that's the least safe decision you could ever you could ever make. I, I talked about this last week. I, I said the question, like if you're in a boat, we talked about this, like the, you're in a boat, right? And so your, your proverbial boat is the, all of your safety is this boat, right? But the Bible tells us over and over that this boat is sinking. And so the question is not whether or not this boat is going to sink, because we think safety is holding on to the boat as the boat is sinking, right? I'm going to be as safe as possible, but this thing is going, going underwater. The Bible tells us that over and over again. The question is not whether or not this boat is sinking. The question is, are you grabbing onto your safety or are you grabbing onto the hand of Jesus and walking with him as everything sinks behind you? So we've been talking about this last week. And the story of Jonah is a story of disobedience. And many of us here, I'll tell you, like I've done this too, we have disobeyed God. And I'm not talking about that we've lost our salvation or we've done something terrible, but that we're not literally, if you ask yourself honestly and you want, you want the answer to this question, am I walking in this, this road that God set out for me? Is that, is that you? Is that me? And Jonah disobeyed God because he was scared, and I get it. Now, later in the story, we're going to discover that he wasn't only scared, but he was definitely scared. So he ran from God. He chose safety over obedience. But later he discovered what we learned last week, which is that you and I, I'm going to say it again, you and I have a strange view of safety. It's like I picture a guy holding onto a branch in a tree while somebody's cutting it off. Like I'm just going to hold onto this thing because it feels safe. But like it's cut, they're cutting it over here, you're going to fall. That's the same thing for us as, as Christians. Like, this world is ending. All of us are going to die at one point. I hate to break that to you, right? Death rate is 100% for everyone. So it's just a matter of time. So Jonah chose safety, right? We talked about this last He chose safety, which ended up being in his demise. That's how the story ends, at least in chapter, in chapter 1. And so... Last week, we talked about how some of you may feel like you've missed the exit, like you were going down the road following Jesus, and you like missed an exit, and now your GPS is recalculating, and it's been a while since you've been back on the road that God set up for you. So maybe you're here today, and you're reaping the consequences of going your own way, of sinning, of an addiction, of ambition, of anger, of a bad choice, or Maybe it's not a sin or a sinful life per se, but it is simply never responding to the calling that God has on your life. So maybe you're here and you feel like giving up. Like maybe that's you today. Like I am just done. You think it's over for you. Like you look back at those moments when maybe God could have used you and now you're like, I don't think it's like in the, in the cards for me anymore. It's just been such a long time. You think it's over for you. You feel like you miss your chance. This is what Jonah thought. Like he literally, this, this is what was going on in his mind. That's why he was thrown overboard. He, he says this, just, just get rid of me. Just, just, just throw me over. Like I don't, I've turned away from God. I disobeyed God. I went the wrong way. I'm like, my life is worthless. Just get rid of me. This is why they threw him overboard. You may think that that's you today too. 
You may think that it's over. You may think I already walked away. You may think it's too late. You may think I'm already off track. You, you may think I have already built this whole life on my own. And going back and asking the initial question again, what if I lose all of that? Guess what? It would be safer for you to lose everything than to realize at the end of your life that you never walked the road that God had set out for your life. You may think I've wasted all these years. I'm too old. You know, just... Just throw me overboard. It's just, 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 just end this, this whole thing, you know? Wouldn't this be a fine ending for the story of Jonah? So, Jonah disobeyed God. He was thrown overboard. A big fish ate him. And then God decided to use someone else. That'd be a fine story. There, there's parallel stories that, were, that are similar like that. But the reality is that this is not what happened to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, I already read it. This is the third time I'm going to read it, but it says this. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I try to picture what was going on in his mind. I mean, imagine that you're Jonah, and you're like, I'm done. Just throw me overboard. He, he, he falls into the water, and he's like, I guess this is how it ends. You know, I'm going to drown. You know, and he's trying to, you know, I don't know what's going on. There's a storm going on, so I don't know if he was able to get his head up above water. The scripture tells us he went down into the deep, and he's like, I should be dead by now. I'm like, I haven't breathed for a long time. And all of a sudden, there's this big fish coming toward him, and he's like, I think this thing's going to eat me. And then the, the mouth opens up, and he's like, well, I guess this is going to be a more horrible death than I could have ever imagined. Like, I'm going to be eaten by this terrible monster. And then the terrible monster just opens his mouth and Jonah is inside. He's like, he's going to sink his teeth into my stomach and this is going to be a terrible ending. But then he realizes that he kind of keeps going in and then he's inside the belly of the fish. And I'm like, this is terrible. I'm like, am I dead? Like, what's going on? Now I can breathe, right? I mean, try to imagine everything that was going on in his, in his mind. But he was alive and he kept on living in the belly of the fish. Somehow he was able to breathe. Some somehow he was able to continue living. And this is for someone here today. Listen to this. You've, we have a song in which we sing this line, and it's this line. If you're not dead, God's not done. If you're, if you're alive here today, and God hasn't decided that your time is, is up, then he's not done with you. He has a reason for the fact that you are still living. You look at your life and you think, just like Jonah, just throw me overboard, it's all over. It's what Jonah thought. Things did not go as Jonah planned. And here's the assumption that many of us make. Here's the assumption. With God, it's a one and done. Like, God tells me to do this, I walk away from God, and it's like, he's not going to bother me ever again. Guess what? That's not what happened with Jonah. God pursued Jonah over and over and over again. God does not give up that easy. Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so 
This is precisely what was happening with Jonah. Jonah may have thought, hey, just throw me overboard. I want to end my life. And God's like, no, I got a different plan for you. You can't escape that easy from me. I'm going to pursue you until you decide to start walking in the purpose that I have for you. And that is true for you. And that is true for me as well. You may realize right now, God has not left you alone. Like even as you hear this message, it's like, man, God just, he's just talking to me through everyone. And you're realizing that right now. Like God is speaking to your life right now. The Holy Spirit inside of you is reminding you that you're here for a purpose. See, that's what happens when you get baptized too. It's like Beth got baptized last Sunday. So when you get baptized, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And the Holy Spirit does not, does not leave you alone. He start, like, you can't, like you keep sinning, but you can't sin like you sinned before, right? Because the Holy Spirit is, is talking to you. He reminds you about a path. He gives you spiritual gifts. Um, and there's this path that you need to walk through. And so, so he won't leave you alone. And in some cases, in some cases, just like Jonah... He's going to stop everything in your life just to get your attention. Has that ever happened to you? Has God ever stopped everything in your life just to get your attention? He's like, time out. Time out. We, we got to talk. We got to talk. You know, maybe it's a financial setback. Maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's a loss. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a car accident. I don't know what it is in your life, but God stops everything in your life. I want to tell you that those moments are not random. That's, that's not just random. And the problem is that when we get into a, into a situation where like, man, all of a sudden, all my plan is like in pause right now, and your mind immediately goes to what? I got to get out of this as soon as possible. Lord God, please just get me out of this situation. I got to move on with my life. Please just restore everything around me so that everything can go back to normal. But I want to tell you that in those moments, it's very likely that God is trying to grab your attention and remind you what he has called you to do. I know people right now in this service right now who are in the belly of the fish right now where God has stopped everything in your life because he wants to grab your attention and remind you of who you are and why you are here. At some point, you missed the exit. You missed the on-ramp, and he's trying to get you back on track. So the question to you this morning and to me as well is, is how are you going to respond to this? Because the problem is that I think most of us, we're just going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to go and we're going to go to lunch and it's like great message, you know, or terrible message or whatever, but you'll walk through your life and nothing's going to change. But I want to, I want to, I want you, I want to ask you to just Stop for a minute and, and, and think about the fact that God may be speaking to you right now in your life. It's kind of a side note here is one of the questions that you may ask is why, why would God insist on pursuing a guy who was so rebellious? Why would God insist on pursuing that person? Can't God use anyone? Like, can't God, like God has his purpose. He can use anyone to achieve his purpose. Why would he insist on Jonah? The same reason why he insists on you. The reason why he insisted on Jonah is the same reason why he insists on you. And let me tell you this. I hope you get, I hope you get this. I want to try to explain it the best way that I can. Here's the thing. God is more interested in doing something in you than through you. Like, God can do anything, and he can use anyone, and he has his purpose. 
But he is more interested in doing something in you than through you. The reason why he insists on trying to use you to do the thing that he could really do through anyone is because the only way that he can do in you the thing that he's trying to do is if you allow for him to do through you the thing that he could do through anyone. That was a tongue twister, right? Did that make sense to anybody? You see, here's the thing. God doesn't need any of us to, do, to, to fulfill his purpose. But he wants for life transformation to happen on the inside of us. And many times what he'll do, he's like, I'm going to insist on this person because the only way that I can get him to the place where I want him to be is the moment that he says yes to something that he's scared of doing, but he does anyway. And then there's spiritual growth and there's transformation, and there is sanctification, and then you're walking that path of good works, and you're like, man, why, why don't I do this all the time? Why don't I just listen to God, he tells me what to do, and I obey, and I see the work that he does through me. That's how we're called to live. You see, that's what the time in the belly was all about. He's fighting with God, you know, three days in there, you know, God stops everything, and and in the belly of the fish, he, he comes to the following conclusion, which is the conclusion that, that all of us should come to in our, in our lives through the work that God is doing in us. Um, and it's the conclusion that I want you to walk away with today. So Jonah comes to a conclusion. And when he comes to that conclusion, the fish vomits him out and he is launched into his purpose. But he comes to a conclusion this is the conclusion. Verse 8, it says this. He says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. This may seem like he just went completely off topic, right? Like how does he go from disobedience to idol worship, right? I mean, how are these two things related? And how, what does this conclusion have to do with, with any of us? But the, re, the reality is that he, he nailed Jonah nailed the very essence of what it means to run from God. What is it? It's idolatry. You see, an idol is not a carved image necessarily. An idol is anything that takes the place of God. Like you and I, we were created to worship. Like everything that we do in our lives should be this. Like this is the representation of our entire life. Everything that we do should be worshiping God. Everything that we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Anything that replaces that is an idol. Okay? Can you guys name some idols after what I said? Like, what are some idols that are in our lives? Just shout them out. Money? What? Relationships? Careers? Work? Possessions? right? Those are all potential idols, right? I wrote down material possession, ambitions, you know, ideologies, all these things. And so what would you say was Jonah's idol? What was his idol? Why does he come to that conclusion? Like I have, I, like I've been idol worshiping and I need to switch it over. What was Jonah's idol? So the idol that Jonah had is, I think, the idol that many of us struggle with, especially in America. His worthless idol was his plan. That was his worthless idol. You see, your plan, if it's not, if it's not God's plan, 
I'm sorry to tell you this, but your plan is an idol. And some of us here, many of us possibly, and I, I, I just, I have to say this, is that we, we're clinging to our plans and you are turning away from the love of God. That's what the verse says. And it happens in many cases. I mean, we have, we have our plan. We have our plan for our life, how we want our families to be, how we want our future to be, our goals, our dreams, and here's what we do. We're like, God, this is my plan. Please bless it. Please bless my plan. Like, I got this whole plan in the future. It's good things. I want good things for my family. Like, all these things. And God, please bless it. Bless my plan. And here's the problem. If it's not the plan of God, you are asking God to bless your idol. And we're turning away from the love of God. This is why Paul says this in Romans 12.1. You've heard of this before. Therefore, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this, what Paul is saying, is the exact opposite of what it means to ask God to bless your plan. So let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you prayed to God and told him, God, I just want to do whatever you want me to do. When was the last time you just presented yourself before God, honestly, just like, hey, God, anything that you want from me, I want to do it, no matter what it is. And if it seems too scary for me to handle, I'm going to ask for you to give me the courage to do it anyway. When was the last time you prayed that prayer? You see, here's the problem, and I'm guilty of this. My prayers have a lot to do with safety, have a lot to do with health, have a lot to do with protection, have a lot to do with provision. Keep me as safe as possible in my little boat here as we're going down. Keep me as safe as possible, right? When was the last time you prayed for courage to do the will of God no matter what? Lord God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, Lord God, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Whatever you want me to give, I will give. Whatever you want me to, however you want me to spend my time, I will spend my time that way. I just want you to know, like I just want God to tell me, and once you tell me, I will do it. See, this is what Jonah finally did. And then he was launched into his calling and his purpose. Like, he got it. Like, he's like, okay, now I understand. I've been worshiping this idol called my plan. I want to switch that over, Lord God. Whatever you want, I will do. And he's like, boom, that's what I wanted. And you're off into your mission. So, verse 10 says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's kind of a gross word, right? Vomited. It's like... Just like, I don't know, what's a better word for vomit? Vomit's a gross word. What's a better word for vomit? What? Puke? Is puke better? I don't know. <laughs> They're both pretty bad. Hur hurling? I don't know. That's gross. But the point is that, I mean, he was launched into his mission. And that's what I want for all of us to go through. Is that we'll be launched into our, into our, I think that's being launched is better than being vomited, right? It's being launched into your mission. 
See, that's the goal that God has with you as you, as you battle him right now. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Here's what I want you to go away with. God is calling you. The question is, how will you respond? And I think it's time for you to hear from God and for you to obey God, to listen to his voice and do what, he, what you know he's been calling you to do. So here's the challenge for this week. I want you to think about this. We all pray every day, right? Do you guys all pray every day? Like for a meal or like, yeah, we've, most of us, that like quiet time in the morning. Okay, so here's what I want to, I want to ask you to add this to your daily prayer. You'll pray this. I want you to change your prayers from safety to boldness. I want you to pray this to God this week, that you will pray to God and you'll say, God, I just want to know your will for my life. I don't want to waste my life. I just want to hear from you and I want to obey. And if that seems too scary, I want to pray for boldness and courage to do what you've called me to do because here's what's going to happen otherwise. If we don't do this, if we don't live that life that God called us to live, here's what's going to happen. We are going to, we're going to sacrifice our purpose. We're going to sacrifice our purpose on the altar of safety. And, and I don't want that for you. Because ultimately what's the safest is holding on to the hands of Jesus as he walks us through this path. Let's close our eyes here for a minute. I'm going to say a few things and then we're going to pray. So Lord God, we, uh, we just thank you for these moments that we share. We thank you for your love and your mercy and I, I thank you for the message today. I pray that we will have listened to it, taken it to heart and allowed for your word to transform our lives. We pray this week that we'll start praying for boldness and that we will do your will no matter what it is. Lord God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.